Today on the newscast, the terror wave against Israel continues. We've got the latest on the deadly Tel Aviv attack next. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman newscast. By now you have probably heard about last night's deadly terror attack in Tel Aviv. Thursday night, April 7th, Tel Aviv time at a busy nightlife area on a Beautiful early spring evening, many people congregated at bars and restaurants, sitting outside, eating, laughing, spending time with friends and family when a Palestinian terrorist walks up and opens fire. Three people so far confirmed dead in the attack, many more wounded. Now, one of the victims died today. He was a 35-year-old man, a young guy with everything to live for, succumbed to his wounds. The other two were confirmed dead last night at the scene. And one of those, one man killed last night, a young man, was getting ready to get married. It was on the eve, I believe, of his wedding, actually. He was engaged. Again, everything to live for. And that was snuffed out by a Palestinian terrorist. Now, the terrorist was a 28-year-old man who entered Israel through a gap in Israel's security barrier. Now, The security fence separates Israel from uh, Palestinian areas of the West Bank, which we know here on the newscast as Judea and Samaria. It's a biblical heartland, and that was the name of that area in the Bible. But that security barrier, as you will learn firsthand in a minute, has saved many, many lives over the past decade plus since it was erected. But he did get through a gap, as did a terrorist last week, also snuck through a gap in the fence and carried out a deadly attack as well. Now, the terrorist was killed this morning by Israeli security services after an all-night hunt. They were looking for this guy. He escaped the scene last night. He was found near a mosque in Jaffa. He engaged in a firefight with Israeli security services, and he was killed. But folks, this is the latest in this ongoing terror wave that we've been documenting for you here on the newscast. It really kicked off about 12 days ago, or or maybe a little more, about two weeks ago, with an attack in Beersheba in southern Israel, where four Israelis were killed. We had additional attacks near the coast, near Tel Aviv. In all, over the past two weeks, we have seen 14 Israelis, 14 slaughtered in terror attacks. Now, two of the attacks were carried out by Arab-Israeli citizens who do not live in the Palestinian areas, They were two ISIS-inspired attacks. But the other two were carried out by Palestinian, young Palestinian men, who again snuck through a hole in the security barrier. Now, this is part clearly of an escalating terror wave that comes during the Muslim holy month of Ramadan. Hamas and other terror groups have praised each and every one of these attacks and called for more and threatened for more. And you have to believe that the Iranian regime's fingerprints may be involved here, at least to some degree, in working with Hamas. Now, the anniversary of Israel's 11-day war against Hamas last May in 2021 is also coming up in a few weeks. I'm sure Hamas might want to set off some fireworks, their version of fireworks, to commemorate that. They're talking again about Jerusalem and Al-Aqsa. So folks, this is a tinderbox right now. Israel is on high alert. Not only are we in Ramadan, where there is always an uptick 
in terror attacks, but also Passover and Easter are coming as well. You would think there'll be some tourists in the Holy Land, no doubt, for those occasions. So again, a very tense situation. Now, I mentioned the security barrier, and really, folks, the boon it has been to Israel's security since it was completed about, I guess, about 16 years ago now, I was able to speak a little while back with the architect of the Israeli security fence, the border fence, where, hey, you had the second intifada, remember, raging between 2000 and about 2006, hundreds of suicide bombers, many of them came from the West Bank, Judea, and Samaria. That was virtually cut off once that security barrier was completed. It's not an apartheid wall, as Israel's critics claim. This is 97% fence and only 3% wall or barrier. But don't take my word for it. Listen to the man who designed the security fence, Danny Terza. I spoke to him in Jerusalem a little while back, but this interview has great relevance today. Take a look. Well, first they were shooting from their areas toward Jewish neighborhoods in Jerusalem. Then they were sending terrorists, first with cockle bottles and hand grenades, then shooting in the streets, putting bombs wherever they can, and then the suicide bombers and the explosive uh, cars. And of course, all the life in Israel have changed in one day. There were three uh, young girls from the Hesha refugee camp that wanted to create a terror attack in Jerusalem. So they just took a taxi from the Haitian refugee camp to Lida refugee camp. When these three terrorists saw the border police here, two of them got cold feet and they went back to the refugee camp. One of them succeeded to get to the a bus station during the street. He got on public bus number 32. The bus was crowded with children in the way to school and he waited. He waited till the bus came in front of the school and then he blew up himself. There were 19 children that were murdered in this terror attack and 62 that were wounded. And everyone was shocked in Israel, not because it was the first terror attack, not because it was the biggest terror attack, then because this terror attack was intended to hit little children. This is not how freedom fighters are acting, this is how terrorists are acting. Well, at that time, the Prime Minister of Israel was Ariel Sharon. You know, Ariel Sharon was a very famous general in the army before he came to the politics. He was in his office here in Jerusalem, less than one kilometer from the place that this year attack took place. He said to his people, I want to go there. I want to see it in my own eyes. They said to him, you are not in the army anymore. You are now the prime minister of Israel. You cannot go to such dangerous places. But he insists. And in the end, they took him to the street. It was all bloody there. Some of the wounded were still on the ground. And although he was in so many battles, he was shocked to see these little children. 19 children. 19 children. Purposely targeted. Yeah. And there were 19 children that were murdered and 62 that were wounded. It took another two weeks. Another big terror attack in Passover evening in Netanya. And the government took the first decision to let the army design and build a security fence. And that was the moment when I got the mission to be the head of this project. Well, as the government didn't want to build it, the government didn't want to get inside the details of the route of defense. So I was the bad guy that had to walk on the ground, define the right line of defense, and build it as fast as I can. Wow. These sound like turning points in the decision to see these horrific suicide bombings, children targeted. 
And Colonel, this was a nonstop flow, people need to understand, coming from the West Bank of suicide bombers. This was becoming an epidemic in Israel. Something had to be done to stop it. And what were the effects after the fence was built? What happened? From 2000 till 2006, the end of 2006, we had in Israel about 4,000 terror attacks. In this period, we lost 1,652 people that were murdered from terror attacks. A lot of others were wounded. And from January 2007 till today, we had only 33 terror attacks from the West Bank and we lost in this period 18 people. Of course, I cannot say only because everyone is a whole world, but you can see the difference. But that's, it's that's not astounding. only... That's but an it's astounding not, difference. But it's not only the fence. The fence is the infrastructure on the yeah. ground. If the soldiers are not working here, if uh, the intelligence is not working here, if there are no good relations with the Palestinian side and very good coordination with the Palestinian police, it doesn't work. What do you make of the world's reaction? Many times we hear this called an apartheid wall, even though only 5% of this 400 mile long structure is a wall. Um, what do you make of the, the so-called international community's view of the fence? Well, as an officer, I have to stop the terror. That's my mission. But of course, I understand what's going on around. First, I have to tell you that it's not apartheid because there are Jews and Arabs that are living in both sides of the fence. There are some Arabs and some Palestinians that are living in Israel, more than a million point two uh, Palestinians living inside Israel. Most of them are Israeli civilians. They have everything in Israel. Uh, and there are about 300,000 Israeli residents in the West Bank, what is called the settlers. So it's not apartheid because there are Jews and Arabs in both sides. And it's not a, a, a wall because only 5% of it is a concrete wall. Now that clip with Danny Terza was from the Watchman TV show. If you love the newscast here on YouTube, you will love our weekly 30-minute TV show on TBN, airing every Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time and Fridays tonight at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, cutting-edge material on the ground in Israel and elsewhere in the Middle East. So check that out. And if you want an exclusive first look at new episodes of the show, before they hit the air, you can become a Watchman Premium member. Get the exclusive first look at the show and exclusive behind-the-scenes commentary and some insider information from yours truly, and you help to support the channel here on YouTube tube and keep us afloat. So check that out. You see the information there on your screen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here today on the newscast. Keep Israel in your prayers right now. A very difficult time, but we know that God Almighty still sits on the throne. Remember that. Be encouraged. Stay in prayer. Have a great weekend. And until next time, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.